And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Now, I said we're, and I don't have a guest today, but I did say we're because at the end of the day, you and I sat through a very long period of our lives where we were immersed in education. Yeah, we were immersed in education. That was our lives. Now, think about it. Now, let's 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 talk this through. When did you first start going to school? Do you remember? Maybe it's possible you were so young when you first went to school, you don't even remember your first day at school. Now, I, I barely remember my first day at school. Actually, I, I kind of remember my first year at school more than my first day because I think I was like three years old. But I started off in preschool, like many Americans in my generation, because back in the 60s, yeah, I was born in 1964. You could do the math on how old I am. Yeah, Sergio's talking to my ear. He's going, dude, you're 58. We know how old you are. Okay, Sergio's my producer, by the way. Um, let me get back to the point I was making. In the 1960s, Americans were changing the culture of their landscape. You heard me correctly. Or I should say the landscape of their culture. That would be a more accurate representation. What am I getting at? Well, we were moving away from being single-income households. You heard me correctly. We're moving away from being single-income households. Back prior to the 60s, back in the 40s and the 50s, even, even way back in the 20s and the 30s, America was operating in a completely different way than it's operating right now. What am I getting at? I'm getting at the fact that back in the day, men were the breadwinners and women were the nurturers. You heard me correctly. Breadwinners and nurturers. So in other words, the male and the female in the relationship shared responsibilities. It was the man's job to go out and get the food, make the money, do whatever needed to be done so that the household could operate. It was the woman's responsibility to raise the children, help to educate them and turn them into fine Americans. And that's the way this country operated for a very long period of time. But in the 1960s and into the 1970s, for that matter, Americans decided they wanted to change. Americans decided that women should be equals with men. Now, I always thought that women were equals with men, but apparently society did not look at it that way. They looked at women as second-class citizens, which I don't think they are, but that's kind of the way society was organized. And women wanted their rights. They didn't want to be second-class citizens. And I'm kind of on board with that because, well, I just think everybody is equal, to be honest with you. I've, I've read the Constitution, and it says, all men, and I conclude, I conclude that men is also a word that means women because the word men is in the word women. Okay, in the Constitution, it says we're all created equal, and I agree with that. Now, society doesn't always get that right, and in the 60s, women decided we want to go into the workforce. We want to be considered people that are capable of providing for our families, and the landscape of America was transitioned. Now, my parents got caught up in all of that. 
and, and here's how it all kind of played out. So my father was going to work and he was trying to make ends meet. But back in the 1960s, costs were going up just just like they are now. Yeah, costs are always going up. Believe it or not, your cost of living is always going up regardless of whether inflation is wrecking havoc on you or it's not wrecking havoc on you. But because it was difficult for my mother and father to support themselves with my mother staying at home raising me, a decision was made in my family unit that my mother would go to work. She would go do something that she hadn't done since she was a single woman. She would go back into the workforce and that the income coming from that job would help to bolster the income of the family, would give them more money to do what they want to do. And it affected me. It did. Because at the age of three, since my mother was not home to take care of me, somebody had to take care of me. Well, that's how I wound up in preschool. You heard me correctly. I wound up preschool at the age of eight. I went from preschool to kindergarten. I went from kindergarten to the first grade. I completed all 12 grades of my academic education. I graduated high school. Now, I didn't go to all the same schools all the time. I moved around a little bit. But after I completed high school, I went into college. I spent four and a half years pursuing a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration with an emphasis on marketing. That, that's my degree. It's my graduate degree. And when I left education, it was time for me to get into the workforce. It was absolutely time for me to get into the workforce. So let's, let's shape that. From the age of three until the age of 22, I was pretty much a full-time student. Yeah, I was a full-time student. So for 19 years out of my first 22 years, all I knew was education. All I knew was other people providing me information that I could either use or reject as they attempted to educate me. Now, fortunately for me, education back in the day, it was focused on the important things, reading, writing, arithmetic, you know, the, the stuff that helps you educate your brain and helps make you a productive member of society. I didn't get a whole lot of that indoctrination stuff that's been going on in the schools right now, but I'm sure it was probably there. I, I just didn't experience it. Now, you're probably wondering why I'm talking about all this stuff. Well, it's because of a gentleman by the name of Thomas Sowell. See, Thomas Sowell, it's S-O-W-E-L-L, Sowell. Yeah, I know, it's, it's, it sounds different than it's spelled, right? Okay, so he made this quote. He says, if you want to see the poor remain poor, generation after generation, just keep the standards low in their schools and make excuses for their academic shortcomings and personal misbehavior. But please don't congratulate yourself on your compassion. So Thomas Sowell said... If you want to see the poor remain poor generation after generation, just keep the standards low in their schools and make excuses for their academic shortcomings and personal misbehavior. But don't congratulate yourself on your compassion. Thomas Sowell said that what he's trying to warn us is that our educational system can be brilliant or it can be problematic. And depending on how your journey through the education system turned out, it was either beneficial to you or it wasn't beneficial to you. Now, my education system that I went through, I think it was reasonably 
beneficial to me. When I was a young child, they focused on reading, writing, and arithmetic. They focused on teaching me the things that I needed to know. But I would suggest to you that probably by the time I got to say junior high school, that would be seventh grade for me. I don't, I don't know what junior high was for you guys, or maybe you guys called it middle school where you went to school. Right around that junior high or middle school years, I noticed that education changed. It did. It, it changed. First of all, the, the modality of the education changed. I went from sitting in one classroom with one teacher teaching me multiple subjects throughout the day to a modality where I would go from classroom to classroom. I would interact with different teachers teaching me subjects that I guess that they were experts in. And once I got to middle school, I started studying things like social studies. And social studies was kind of an interesting experiment back then, because what they were attempting to do was, was bring us into the fold with things that were going on in society. Now, at the age of, well, how old was I? Seven, how, how old is most, most seventh graders? What are they, 13? I'm guessing I was 13, maybe 14. I don't know. Does, the math doesn't matter right now. But as a 13 or 14-year-old, I mean, you think about it. My body's going through something called puberty. It either had gone through puberty or it's still going through puberty. And, and my hormones are like out of control. They're raging. Um, I've got all these other interests outside of school, yet school is my main focus. And when I started taking some of these social studies classes, I started to realize that there's a lot more going on in our society than what I experienced in the modality of junior high school. Yeah, so social studies actually exposed me to things that I had not been exposed to before. Different cultures, different experiences, different parts of the country, even different parts of the world. I learned about different cultures, and I thought it was pretty interesting. However, here's the problem that I experienced as I continued to progress through school. And it really didn't affect me too much in high school because I focused primarily on, on the hard sciences. I focused on the classes that I needed to take in order to get into college because I was one of those guys that was told in order to be successful, I had to go to school, do well in school, and get good grades. And with those good grades, I would get into college, and I was darn set on accomplishing that goal. And I accomplished that goal. And once I got into college, well, college was a different experience because now all of a sudden, all the controls of education are pretty much taken away. I'm, I'm technically an adult. I'm 18 years of age. I have moved five hours away from where I lived. Um, I slept in my car literally for the first week of college because, well, I didn't have a place to stay. Apparently, my reservation for a dorm room got lost in the shuffle. And so when I arrived on the college campus, there was no dorm room waiting for me. I just basically had to figure out where I was going to stay until they got that straightened out. About a week later, they got that straightened out. And I, I found myself in a dorm room. And I found myself with a roommate that was just a total nut job. This guy was a total nut job. Yeah, you heard me correctly. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you about a fellow human being that I spent nine months of my life living with in a dorm room. This guy was a nut job. First of all, he was into all kinds of esoteric things. He was into something called est. 
you, you probably don't even know what that is. Okay, EST, that's all I remember what it was called. But it was it was one of these these movements where it was trying to help you identify with yourself and and become a better person than you are and basically it's just uh, in my in Al's opinion, it was a an offshoot of a religion that just never made it out of the chute, so to speak. But it probably did make a lot of money for whoever organized that and put that out on the world. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I see those things working. But let me get back to that guy. That guy showed me that there are people in this world that are not as dedicated to something as I was. Yeah, you heard me correctly. I got to college and I was dedicated to getting that degree. As a matter of fact, I had accepted a four-year Army ROTC scholarship. It's the only way I could afford to pay for college. And I was dedicated to earning that commission, too, because without earning that commission, well, I didn't think I was going to be successful. And by the way, I had to go into the Army because without getting that scholarship, I was not going to get to that four-year college, at least the one I wanted to get to. You, you tracking? And because of that, well, that's how I spent the next 27 years of my life after education in the United States Army. Now, I went to a, at that time, a, a fairly conservative school. In other words, they were focused more on reading, writing, arithmetic, things like that, than they were on some of the esoteric things. But some of those esoteric things were occurring on the campus. And one of the things that I experienced going through my college education was that my college degree required me to take certain courses that were designed to enlighten me as to what the social plights are in America. And I actually took a course that was entitled Social Problems. And I got literally, well, I received, I should say, I received a high quality education on just how messed up the world is. I did. This course took me deep into the inner city. I had an opportunity to experience education in a, in a completely different cultural realm than the cultural realm that I grew up in. What am I talking about? Well, I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, it was, it was a tough place. It was, it was kind of like I used to describe it as Chicago light or, or New York light. So it was you weren't living in Chicago or New York, but you had people that had come from there that were living in Las Vegas that were bringing some of those bad attitudes with them. So you had to kind of deal with some of those people. But when I got into the inner city and I saw a different culture trying to achieve the educational dreams that I had achieved, I'll tell you what, I realized that some people actually have it worse than I do. Yeah, some people actually had it worse than I did. I should say, I don't really have it bad now, but back when I was trying to get into college, I didn't have two nickels to rub together. I had, I had to scramble for a way to get that education. So what does this have to do with Thomas Sowell's quote? Well, it has everything to do with what I consider to be the problem with education in America. Yeah, there's a problem with education in America. It's, it's not focused on making our children the best that they can be in whatever discipline they're trying to achieve. That's what I think he's saying. And more importantly, if you keep the standards low, you're not going to give them a prayer. Okay, when we come back from the break, I'm going to dig into this more. Stick around.
Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Stop waiting. Stop sitting around. Stop procrastinating. This is your time. Make it happen. Do it now. When's the best time? Now. People go, well, I don't know. It's going to crash. It's going to be better next year. It's, I've got to listen to four more classes. I love guys come up to me and tell me, you know, I've been listening to you on the radio for eight years now, right? <laughs> I go, and you're not rich yet? Well, really, I'm thinking about joining next month. Do it now. Learn the skills you need to retire with real estate in five years or less. Do it now. Register for the Lifestyles Unlimited free online workshop. Lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Again, my name is Al Gordon, and we're talking about a quote from a very wise man by the name of Thomas Sowell. Now, if you don't know who Thomas Sowell is, he's, well, he's, I think he's in his 90s. Rick looked him up uh, at the break, and I think he said he was 92, if I recall correctly. And he's a man that I actually admire. I admire this guy a lot. This guy has seen a lot in America. He's he's literally a quarter of a century older than me, so he's had more time on the terrain than I have. And he has seen a lot more than I have. And I will tell you, I find that this man has a brilliant mind. This man is somebody that you ought to look up and take a look at some of the things that he writes about. Take a look at some of the things that he conveys to you. Because what you're going to find is you're going to find a man that has experienced some of the worst possible behaviors in human existence. You heard me correctly. He's experienced some of the worst possible behaviors in human existence, and he's still alive. He still has a great attitude. He still cares about mankind, and he still wants to educate you and help you understand that there's a better path. That's, that's what Thomas Sowell does. He's, he's very similar to our founder and CEO at Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. See, Del Wamsley wants the same thing for you. He wants you to have an education that's going to change your life. You heard me correctly. It's going to change your life. What, what am I talking about, you might be asking? Well, it's really simple. Lifestyles Unlimited is a real estate investor education and mentoring company. That's what we do. That's all we do. We educate our members on the proper way to invest in real estate. And we don't cover every particular type of real estate. We focus on the two asset classes that we deem appropriate. And the reason we deem them appropriate is because they are the best asset classes for you to invest in because they have a certain component to them. You know what that component is? I know if you've been listening to the show forever, you're already screaming it at the radio. But that component, that component is a residential component. In other words, you are renting real estate 
to individuals that are looking for a quality place to live. They don't want to buy the asset. They just want to rent the asset. Maybe they can't afford to buy the asset. Not a problem. Go ahead and rent. Maybe they don't want to buy the asset. Not a problem. Go ahead and rent. Maybe they just choose to rent. Not a problem. Go ahead and rent. And the point I want to make is that education is is very important to your future success. Yeah, I, I will not back down from that statement. Education is very important to your future success. But I think there's a problem that exists in society when education maybe gets held hostage. You heard me correctly, held hostage. Now who am I going to pick on? You're, you're, oh, you're thinking teachers, right? Okay, let's pick on those teachers. Let's pick on them. Now, first of all, I'll be the guy that tells you that there's some outstanding teachers out there. There are some excellent educators out there. There are quality people that are helping to educate Americans and foreign nationals, because we do have foreign nationals that go to school in our educational system. We do. We just look at the border. Yeah, we do have foreign nationals in this country that just kind of showed up, came across the border, and now they're in our educational system. And there are some great educators out there that are going to do their darndest to make sure you have the basics down, the reading, the writing, the arithmetic. But there are also some educators out there that have given up. They have given up. They have lost their purpose. They have lost their focus on those that they educate. They have transitioned their focus onto themselves. They are looking more towards their own personal jobs or their own personal advancement. And that is becoming their, their calling, if you will, their, their holy grail, if you will, their, their purpose in life, if you will. These are the educators that become problematic. These are the educators that Thomas Sowell is warning you about because these are the educators that will trip up those that they educate because they're not focused on the individuals. So when Thomas Sowell says something like, keep your standards low in schools, just keep your standards low in those schools and make excuses for individuals' academic shortcomings. There are teachers that are doing that right now. Yeah, they, they have figured out that it's easier for them just to give the student a passing grade than it is to find out why the student is not passing and, and help them overcome whatever difficulties they're having so that they can pass the exam or the course or, or the class. Does that make sense? I know it makes sense to you. All right. That's what Lifestyles Unlimited is all about. It's all about keeping our standards high. It's all about keeping our standards focused on the needs of our students. And that's exactly what we do. Now, we don't need four years of your life to teach you a better way to financial freedom. We do not. What we do need is 16 hours of your life. 16 hours. Can, can you afford to invest 16 hours of your life into something that might actually radically change your life? Now, some of you are saying, yeah, I could do that. And some of you are saying, yeah, whatever, Al, get on with your point. Okay, let's get on with that point. So in 16 hours, Lifestyles Unlimited can change your mindset, can educate you on the failings of what you're currently doing for retirement, refocus that 
emphasis onto assets that will change your life for retirement. We're going to have you switch away from spending 30 to 45 years saving up money because that's what you're doing in your current retirement plan. You're saving up money. We're going to teach you how to get yourself retired in five years. Five years. That's the average time for a normal Lifestyles Unlimited member to achieve retirement. So you're probably wondering, okay, so what is that standard? What is that retirement standard? The retirement standard is that you have enough passive income coming in to your household that you don't need to go out and trade time for money. In other words, do a job in order to cover the costs of your living. Once you have enough passive income streams coming into your household that you don't have to go to work anymore, you have regained control of your life. You are back in the driver's seat of your life. For me, that occurred at the age of, I think it was 55. Yeah, 53 years ago, I retired myself. So at the age of 53, I found out about this Lifestyles Unlimited thing. I, I went and found out about it, and then I became a member. I went through the 16-hour education. It changed my life, and I went to work changing the trajectory of my life. I laid out a five-year plan. I got myself retired in two years because I was focused. I was hungry. I was dedicated to achieving the results that I needed to achieve because I didn't like the idea of working until the age of 70. I really didn't. So at the age of 55, I wound up retiring myself. So at the age of 55, I regained the control of my life that my parents gave away when I was the age of three, when I was first introduced to the education system in preschool. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty amazing story, isn't it? Okay, so here's the other thing that Thomas Sowell is pointing out. He's pointing out that if educators are not focused on your success, then the results you're going to receive are unsuccessful Results. You're not going to get to the place you're trying to get to. Let's say an educator decides to shortcut you in math and they decide, okay, we'll teach you addition, but we're not going to teach you subtraction. So Thomas Sowell said, if you want to see the poor remain poor generation after generation, just keep the standards low in their schools and make excuses for their academic shortcomings and personal misbehavior. But please don't congratulate yourself on your compassion. What he's trying to tell you is that education is not something that should be taken lightly and standards should be held very, very high. We do that at Lifestyles Unlimited. We hold our standards very, very high. We teach you what you need to know. We don't teach you a bunch of stuff that you might want to know. We teach you exactly what you need to know. We'll teach you how to address what you're doing currently for investing and why you should potentially move away from what you're doing now and move everything into real estate. I know that sounds risky, doesn't it? But it's not that risky. Trust me. Here's the other thing. We're going to teach you how to buy single family assets. We will teach you how to buy multifamily assets. We will teach you the basics to your business plan, and then we're going to turn you loose to execute that plan. It's as simple as that. 
Now, when you're done with the 16 hours, you don't need like 16 weeks to machinate over the information. Now, some people might. Some people are, are very, very type B types. In other words, they, they're, they're very analytical. They're very detailed. They want to make sure they've checked all the boxes before they proceed. I get that. I'm not that kind of person. I'm, I'm the opposite of that. I'm actually a type A person. I'm, I'm very impulsive, which means I'm, I'm, you know, I got my 16 hours. Now, well, let's get going. That's, that's kind of how I roll. Now, most people are somewhere between those two extremes. Okay. Now, Thomas Sowell, he's warning you that if you don't want to be poor, you should focus on education. And that if your education is suspect, or if there are shortcomings to your educational system, those shortcomings will be reflected in who you are as an individual because you will accept that education as if it is completely accurate, not understanding that it has a fatal flaw in it. Tracking? Okay. I, I think I just maybe described how calculus was for me when I first got to college. <laughs> calculus was like this... this form of math that I'd, I'd never experienced before. I, I heard people talking about it. You go to college, you take calculus. and But I, I didn't even understand what it was. And back in the day, we didn't have the internet. So it's not like I could, you know, pull up something on the internet that would teach me about the basics of calculus. I just had to show up for my first class. And boy, was that an eye opener. Yeah, that was an eye opener. That's also part of the reason that I, I left computer science as a major and I ultimately majored in business. That's why I have a business degree from my undergraduate college. But let's get back to Thomas Sowell. I think if you accept substandard education, that's a problem. And the bigger problem is if you do not know that you're accepting substandard education, how do you get around that? Well, this is the part I think Thomas is talking about. He's talking about those people that have come before us that actually have a responsibility to our generations. Does that make sense? To kind of watch over these things. And this gets back to the whole educational system that's out there. I have personally, I have a problem with the entire educational system because I think it is, it is more focused on the needs of, well, not necessarily the, the end recipients of the education. Yeah. I think there are too many stakeholders involved in the education system that it, it, takes away from the ultimate end user being the student. Now, I have nothing against teachers making money. As a matter of fact, I think teachers should make more money than they make. But part of the problem is how do you measure who gets the raises and who doesn't get the raises? Because keep in mind, there are people in the educational system that are entrenched. They are entrenched or they're tenured or whatever. Bottom line is you can't do anything to these people. And there are no standards that make sure that they are focused on what they are supposed to focus on, which is the students. As long as they're paying you lip service, everything is good, right? As long as they don't do anything egregious, everything is good, right? As long as we have mediocre education, everything is good, right? Well, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you need to have top-notch education. I think that's part of the reason there are families in America that dig deep into their pockets every month to pay for private tuition. You heard me correctly. There are, there are families in America that probably can't afford to do that, but they're doing it because they value education. 
And I will tell you this, I actually value education too. I value it so much, I'm willing to bring to your attention the fact that the educational system, in Al's opinion, is failing in various ways. It is failing in various ways. I think that the way the educational system approached COVID was incorrect. I really do. I think keeping kids in masks was inappropriate. This is Al's opinion. Whether you agree with me or you don't agree with me is fine. It's totally fine. I think that, first of all, children were, were not necessarily as susceptible to COVID as people like my age. I think that's just a fact. And the other thing is when we kept, when we kept these kids all masked or we kept them out of the schools, what we did was we, we impacted their education in other ways. Now, some families, they kept their kids on track. They kept their kids in the classroom. Even if the classroom was at home, they kept them on track because maybe they pulled them out of the public education system and maybe they did homeschooling. Okay. Homeschooling is a viable option. And, it's, it's something that Tina and I did for our children once we found out the problems that were going on in the education system when, when my, my son got into junior high school in California. You want to talk about a rude awakening to, to a, an 18-plus, or I should say a 21-year-old-plus world? Yeah, my son is 14 years of age, and he's experiencing, stuff, experiencing things in junior high school that he shouldn't even be experiencing until he's legally 21 years of age. That's the kind of stuff. And so we pulled him out because we didn't want him exposed to that sort of stuff. And then we pulled my daughter out for the very same reason, to prevent her from having to experience what my son experienced. Because I think the educational systems that are out there, they're, they're not focused on the students. They're really not. And here's the other thing. You ever, ever heard of a guy by the name of Mike Rowe? Yeah, he's the dirty jobs guy. Yeah, he also does a lot of voiceovers. I kind of wish my voice was, was as cool as his because he's got a really nice voice. Anyway, enough, enough micro envy coming out of Al. Here's, here's the point I want to make about micro. He thinks that Americans are being misled by being told that everybody has to go to college because not everybody is, is designed to be a college student. Not everybody flourishes in the academic environment of college. Not everybody does. As a matter of fact, some people would be better off going into the trades. They should, they should graduate high school, do real well, so they get into a very good trade school, and then they learn an excellent trade, and then they go out into the trades, and they make good money that way. You don't necessarily have to go to college in order to get an education and to earn money that will provide you a decent income. By the way, that money that you earn, you can carve out a portion of that money and set it aside for real estate investment. This is something called chunking. I'll tell you what I'll do for you uh, tomorrow. I'll actually talk about chunking a little bit more in detail because there's not enough time in this segment to, to get to it. But if you're going to keep kids in school, you should make sure you understand that that school is providing them the education that you think they're receiving. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% loud and clear on that. When it comes to Lifestyles Unlimited and the education that we provide, again, we, we take all the chaff out. We give you the information you absolutely need to know. If you need to know about leasing, we cover everything you need to know about leasing but we don't go into the esoterics of leasing. We don't go into the theory of leasing law because 
That doesn't matter. A lease is nothing more than a contract between you and somebody that chooses to live in your property. So as a result of that, you need to understand what the, the legal requirements are to have a lease. You need to understand how that lease is, is treated in a court of law. Okay, fair enough. And you need to know what needs to be in that lease to protect your interests and to treat your resident fairly. Yeah, it's as simple as that. That's the kind of stuff that we teach you. We're not going to put you through tort law. We're not going to put you through contract law. We're going to teach you what you need to know about leasing and how to lease your properties effectively. You heard me correctly, effectively, so that you will not remain poor generation after generation. We're going to keep the standards high in your Lifestyles Unlimited schools, and we won't make any excuses for any academic shortcomings or personal misbehavior because there won't be any of that because we are focused on you. And by the way, we might just congratulate ourselves for our compassion in doing it the right way because at the end of the day, Thomas Sowell, well, he kind of laid it out for us. He told us what right is. And I know for a fact at Lifestyles Unlimited, we do education the absolute right way. And your results will be amazing. Your results will allow you to buy your first single family home or maybe your first multifamily apartment deal. And then from there, wow, the possibilities are endless. If you want to find out how to get started, go to lifestylesunlimited.com, get signed up for a free workshop, and let's get you going. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.